Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 89 of Dean Discussions, the podcast for players and DMs alike, where we cover a wide variety of topics to help you with your games. I'm your host, Ryan Reeder, and with me, as always, is Unearthed Arcana himself, Ben Bumhoff. Wow, I didn't know that I was being test played. That's uh, kind this, of interesting. This whole this whole podcast is basically <laughs> like a bi-weekly te- test play. Yeah, you know what? You're not. You would wrong. know that if you you would all would know that if you see the the scant uh, thing that is our show notes. <laughs> well, you know what? I've always been a, a believer of less is more. You know, like we don't even really have an outline to show notes for the most part. It, it's just kind of like here's just a, a, a quick blurb about something. And then we talk forever. You know, it's much better than just reading off line by line by line of something. Cause you know, one, we're not newscasters and the same, the same YouTube. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You, you're not going to see 500 different cuts in between each little like sentence or word or, or, or anything between all the different takes. Now this is actually, Oh God, we would need them. Oh yeah. No, this is just live to the hard drive and then out to you, which yeah, it makes it a lot easier this way. Yeah, indeed. So we've got huh, a lot to cover uh, in today's episode. And this is mostly because just I believe it was late last week. Mm-hmm. Um, or I guess about week and week, week and a half ago when when this episode airs, uh, Wizards dropped a massive new Unearthed Arcana for pages. the one D&D play. 50 pages, 50 pages covering a, a new weapon system and five classes, warlock, uh, sorcerer, fighter, barbarian, um, and wizard. So the, just an absolutely huge thing along with new spells, new glossary stuff. I, it is, it is just, it is almost I, and maybe even I shouldn't say almost it is overwhelmingly massive. Like there's <laughs> this is like this is like a mini book. This is this is just like 30 pages shy of like the one of the Spelljammer <laughs> yeah. little trilogy books. They You're put not out. wrong. You're not wrong at all. <laughs> so we are going to do our absolute best to cover the highlights and give kind of some of our thoughts and opinions on this that will most likely translate into our feedback once the survey goes live, which I believe the survey will be going live for this one, May 19th. I think uh, so, that's what I saw too. Yeah. So there, I think there should be, there's, there should be a little bit of time still to digest all of this. Um, before we dive in, let's, let's just talk about this a little bit. This is, I, I originally thought and I know, I know we discussed this when they started releasing these, these test packets, that they were going to be smaller, faster. Then and they, changed their they, mind. <laughs> they seem to have changed their mind. And I, and I feel like there's probably a few reasons for that. One being we had the whole OGL fiasco mm-hmm. and that delayed one of the play test packets, possibly by several weeks, if not more. Um, and so they may be needing to do this partially to catch up. Uh, but two, it especially uh, from the news that came out of like the D&D summit that happened recently and some of this other stuff that they've been saying, it seems like they are very set 
on a hard 2024 date for this new revision. And that's what they're calling it now. They're calling it a 5e revision. It's not 5.5. It's not 6.0. It's it's a 5e revision. Yep. Um, It seems like they are very set on that 2024 date uh, for all this stuff coming out, which is is kind of interesting because I know it's like 10 years after fifth edition launched it's the 50th anniversary of D D as a whole as a as a brand it's a big milestone for sure mm-hmm. um but it's also and they haven't actually said when in 2024 this is coming out so technically this could come out you know the very end of december uh right before midnight <laughs> in Still 2024. 2024 exactly but that's probably not going to be the case because books have to go to print um uh probably least a few months in advance i don't know what the lead times are for the bigger companies i'm sure faster for the bigger companies than a than a smaller publisher could do but still like you've got to have some lead time for this so i would assume their original hope was to probably get these out in summer that would Um, be my guess It'll be interesting to see if that's when it comes out or if it comes out in fall or if it comes out in holiday season. Um, just judging by the UA that has come out so far uh, and the seemingly self-imposed deadlines, my hope would be as late 2024 as possible mm-hmm. to give the most time for feedback. Because uh, as some people have pointed out, there was several years, I believe, of testing for 5e or D&D Next, whenever that, that's codename, whenever it uh, it was in testing and came out. They weren't necessarily in a hurry. They were trying to, to, to make it really good. I don't want to see this edition revision rushed just to meet this arbitrary 2024 deadline, or at the yeah. very least... I don't want to see it released early in 2024 when there could have still been time to, to make tweaks, especially when they're releasing content in giant chunks like this. Mm-hmm. Like I really hope they break the survey up because I have had real trouble getting through some of the previous surveys yes. like that last, that, that last one. There's a lot of questions. Like, a lot, of, a lot of questions, a lot of things to talk about. You don't want to feel like you're skipping everything, but at the same time, so to give good feedback, but at the same time, it requires you to sit down and you're having to think about this for 20, 30 plus minutes. Um, and that's that sometimes can be very hard to do, especially if you have ADHD, which I do. Mm-hmm. And I jump around. Uh, I have sometimes have four or five YouTube videos that I'm watching at the same time and jumping back and forth between the them because brain things so it's it's i really hope they break this out into two or three or four separate surveys that are smaller so people can digest this more target specific feedback and not have to spend near as much time all in a row yeah that would be ideal this one specifically because I mean, we, we were kind of beating around the bush here, but there is so much. And yeah, we didn't say 50 pages, but it's not just 50 pages of, well, we're going to, you know, have D20s be the main dice here. No, this is like 
actual deep content with a lot of different changes and, you know, updates, some upgrades, some not so upgrades. I mean, it, it really changes a lot of the dynamics of actual fifth edition. And a lot of this is actually really exciting. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to when, it, when it's actually going to be coming out after the play test and everything is done. But again, as to what Ryan, you were saying, I can't do a survey on like all of this. Cause like, just the, the changes to the weapons alone could be an entire survey. Each class oh, totally. can be an entire survey it, They're just because of all the different changes that are actually going in with this play test. And while I am very happy that they are being very aggressive with this one and really putting a lot out there for people to kind of get their hands on and try, um, especially because the more that's out there, the more you can actually, you know, kind of play with and interact with previous play tests as well. And considering you're getting more classes out, you can kind of see how they work with other classes and in, in, uh, that have already been released. Cause you know, when you just have like, Hey, here's the bard and the ranger. Uh, and then that's kind of all that we have. It doesn't really work as well. But now that you have those as well as like a warlock and a barbarian and you know, the fighter and stuff, you can really kind of get an idea of, of how it's going to be all working together. The biggest, the biggest thing I'm worried about is I'm running out of time. Yes. Uh, to because all these initial ones out really probably need to come out again, another time or two, at minimum, uh, as feedback comes back and revisions come in. Because some of these new classes have actually been really pretty decent, and it's just like, oh, these are really cool changes. And some have come out, and it's just like, no. That mm -hmm. is, that is just, that does not feel good. Like the Druid. That does not play. Yeah. That does not play well. This needs to go back to the drawing board or this needs, um, fairly major tweaks. Uh, or you should take that base class and, and start again with, with revisions. And so I, I, that's, that's the biggest thing I'm worried about is running out of time because we haven't seen any monster manual stuff yet. We haven't seen any dungeon masters guide stuff yet and all that stuff is supposed to be previewed and run through the unearthed arcana play tests and with this self-imposed 2024 nebulous 2024 deadline uh i really hope to not see them run out of time to put stuff out and then put it out again Mm -hmm. feedback or put so much stuff out that the feedback they get is not good because they burn people out on the feedback. Yeah. But that being said, they're obviously working very hard and, and putting this, this stuff out there for us to play, which is a very good sign. And um, I think that again, so far they've listened to all the feedback that that's been given and they have made changes where appropriate. And uh, overall, I think that's, uh, again, we're leaning into something that's going to be pretty good. Yeah, I think the big the big thing will be when we start seeing revised classes post feedback. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And seeing and seeing what is learned from that. But yeah. that, let's uh, let's. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say. And I think that the next one that's coming is actually the the DMG. I think that's what they were talking about in, in uh, one of the videos is that yes. that's their next goal. So, yeah. I mean, that's It'll be good to see content. From that's that. a big, huge part right there. So, I mean, especially considering it wasn't it wasn't really uh, 
play tested mm-hmm. exactly. um, previously. So it's it's good that 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 is happening for sure. Yep. But yeah, let's uh, let's dive in. Let's dive into this uh, very chunky uh, Unearthed Arcana playtest five. So the we'll probably the big thing we'll probably be doing. We'll run over the new weapon masteries. We'll run over a little bit of the five classes that are in this, and then anything else that that stood out to us. So first big one is uh, the new brand new uh weapons and weapon masteries and so this is yeah <laughs> probably one of the biggest like system changes versus uh the original 5e stuff mm-hmm. yeah uh, one of the neat things about this is is that um one of the the goals of wizards was really trying to give martial classes kind of more of a feel than just okay well i'm i'm hitting I'm attacking with my weapon. You know, they, they added in this weapon mastery system, which I think is actually really cool. Each weapon, uh, whether it's a simple weapon, heavy weapon, whatever has an extra mastery ability to it. And the only way that you actually have access to it is if your class gives you access, or if you take a certain feat that will, you know, again, also give you that access. So this isn't going to be, um, or it's going to be something special to those martial classes that, you know, don't get as much flair and flash as say a wizard who can toss out a fireball. And then with mage hands, um, you know, give another person a wedgie or something, you know, like whatever. Um, th- this is just neat stuff that happens with, with various weapons. Um, now what the mastery is, is, is like I said, it's an extra different ability that's actually added to the weapon itself. Um, and there's like what five or six or seven or something like that's uh, different ones that that you can do. Now, light weapons are still kind of a thing. Thrown weapons are still kind of a thing. We're not talking about something like that or like a versatility weapon or a versatile weapon where you can use strength or um, dexterity for it. We're talking about mm-hmm. things even more so on top of that. Um, so like you can add a cleave to you know a heavy. Uh, melee weapon you know you got a big giant great sword or something you can cleave through one enemy it gives you that extra hit on one that's maybe adjacent to it um flex is one that i think is actually absolutely amazing um this is one of those versatile weapons where it's a one or two-handed weapon and if you're wielding it with one hand you can still use the two-hand damage so this would give someone with like a great sword and a shield the ability to actually hit with you know a, a much harder strike if they have that, you know, weapon, uh, property graze is neat. If you missed, you can still do a tiny little bit of damage. Um, Nick is another one where uh, you can make like an extra light attack as a bonus action. Um, push is one of those things where, you know, uh, fighters use this in combat, you know, to control where enemies are going. Um, sap gives you, uh, the creature disadvantage on its next attack roll, which I think is great. Um, I think, fighters and barbarians and and other classes like that really could use more kind of like crowd control effects like that as well. Um, and imagine if you're a barbarian and you're, you're doing a, a, uh, reckless attack and you're sapping every single time you're canceling that out, giving yourself that, you know, extra advantage. And so it's pretty great. Um, slow is another one topple, which means, you know, you can knock them prone and then vex, which I think is really cool, which means, you know, you attack something, and then your next attack, you get advantage on them again. If you're rogue, that is amazing because you just are automatically giving yourself sneak attack for the next attack. Love this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I yeah. mean, 
with with all the different weapons and their properties, like, you know, giving these different masteries, again, it just opens up so much more combat to martial classes. And in fact, the fighter is um, one of the classes that mastery is really the big push into um, updating and, and accentuating like what that class can do. Um, just right off the bat, if I remember correctly, I, I, because of all the amount of information, I didn't read every single thing word for word. So I didn't dig as deep into the fighter, but as far as I know of, they're able to, you know, just access all these mastery abilities like right away. But on top of that, at higher levels, they're able to kind of pick and choose and actually change what the mastery is on whatever, uh, weapon they're working with. And then even higher on top of that, they can add other mastery effects on top of that and then choose which one they use in that, uh, in that attack. And I just, I love this addition. I think it's really great. And the fact that it can be carried over to other classes really works out to its favor. And, you know, it kind of adds a little bit more realism to, to an attack. Cause Hey, if I'm a really big dude with lots of muscles and stuff, and I've got a sword in hand, one hand and a board in another hand, I'm going to be able to do that extra two handed attack if I'm like strong enough or whatever. Um, or even so like if just missing a little bit and grazing, I think that's great because again, that happens in fights. It, it, it gives more dynamic, like cinematic moves to your attacks. And it's, it's a really good upgrade in my opinion. Agreed. Yeah. Um, I've heard, I've heard it compared to, um, like Pathfinder 2E's weapon system in a way, which I think is a, is a very good thing. Um, I think all systems should look at each other and learn and mm -hmm. take the cool stuff and use them for sure. Uh, it, one of the best things I think this does is it differentiates weapons. Yes. Uh, because there's a lot of weapons that were really only different in, in name. Like, it's like, it doesn't matter if I take this one or that one, they deal the exact same amount of damage. Or why would I take this one when I could take this one and it deals potentially an extra D2 of <laughs> of damage versus mm -hmm. versus this other one. Um, so I really like that it is it is differentiating the weapons in a meaningful mechanical way to help you uh, go, OK, if I go this, I can potentially get access to this mastery. If I go this, I can get access to this mastery. Um, as you're looking through and potentially will uh, entice people to carry maybe, you know, a few different weapons and use them in different situations or maybe even switch them out mm -hmm. mid battle. Um, because I think one of the best one, uh, I think you mentioned cinematic uh, yes. and I think that's really cool because there are several that actually do movement or force movement. Uh, which I love to see because that can change the battlefield up or allow you to have control of the battlefield beyond just like spells and hitting things. It's like, I can displace this person. I could knock this person off a cliff with my weapon attack. Mm -hmm. If, if, you know, all goes well. So I think that's a, a really good thing in line. Like you said, the fighter is, is going to be the quintessential master of everything so they'll be able to use them they'll be able to swap them out potentially uh or potentially use multiple at the same time so overall it's i think it's an incredibly good system i think from a mastery properties perspective it is rich for third party and homebrew content mm -hmm. uh to add more masteries 
that is it's I, I like that the, the way they're they're setting this revision up because you know they they they, they group the classes into the three different or three or four different class types then they group the spells into the three different spell spell types instead of um having them all broken out and so they're, they're setting themselves up in a way i hope at least where they will be able to add more content to these systems so maybe another uh tasha's type book or xanathar's mm-hmm. type book comes out in 2025 or 2026 boom now there's five more masteries or five new types of weapons that have different masteries or uh here's yeah another set of masteries that fighters uh can be able to swap into their stuff and all of a sudden boom there's more content yeah um kind of like uh if my hope is that oh look here's a full new class it's now sectioned under this type and because it's sectioned under this type everything that uses that type's phrase which is everything is being converted like if instead of saying specifically cleric this it's like the the wizard or the mage or you know whatever mm-hmm. whatever uh, expert or whatever these classes are broken down into this is like something the expert can do so now they can make a new expert class and then all of a sudden that new expert class they don't have to go back and revise all the things to also say, oh, and the psionic gets this too. It's just, oh yeah, expert class. So it just gets anything that is yeah, it's a new short class specific. Yeah. So it's 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 a very good thing, uh, the way they're setting this up and the mm-hmm. way they're setting this up to to make more content or potentially scale it. And I think this will add a lot of really fun flavor to marshals uh specifically for sure um and allow for much more cool cinematic uh strategic choices when Mm -hmm. you're in combat yeah and remember too that all of these changes and stuff that are you know going to the fighter class and the different weapons and everything monsters use weapons too so if you're dm this totally opens up a lot more strategy and, and like kind of tactical maneuvering for you as well you know, if you have a dragonborn who is, you know, ready to, to be a big, bad, evil guy and stuff, and they've got an awesome quarter staff that they use around, well, guess what? They get to use the, the flex mastery because that's something that's, that's, that works for them. So, you know what? You hit harder with that. I don't know why I decided that was with the quarter staff, but whatever. First thing I saw on the, on the chart, but I mean, it, it's just opening up a lot, not just to players, but also DMS as well. And this you know, when there's changes like this, that's something that sometimes uh, some DMs might forget is that anything that a player can do, they can also do. Yep. Yep. Um, so that's that's weapon masteries. Uh, if you want to check out the list, of course, we will have the link to the full Unearthed Arcana mm-hmm. in the show notes. So highly recommend checking that out. Um, before we jump into the classes, uh, there were a few new spells. We'll go over a few of them that are specific when we hit some of the classes. Um, we, uh, they, they've been really kind of tweaking and working on their epic boons. Um, and I think they're actually getting a lot closer to what I think they should be. There's a lot more that are like active, which I think is really good because 
if I if you give, especially if you're doing these, you can kind of give these epic boons whenever you want. That's the the kind of meant to be given whenever, but uh, they're also meant to be given at twenty or post twenty mm-hmm. um, for continued uh, continued new stuff if you if you reach that point. Uh, but I like I like a lot of them are starting to be active things like this energy redirection when you take damage of a type to which you have resistance you can use your reaction to direct damage of the same type towards another creature you can see within 60 feet of yourself that isn't behind total cover and if you do so they have to make a deck save um or take damage equal to 2d12 plus your con modifier like that's cool that's another active thing and that's a reaction thing which as everybody who's been listening for a while knows I love things that are extra bonus actions or reactions to give you more to do and more to uh, pay attention to and concentrate on. So I, I like the where they're going. You can go check out all of them yourself if you want to, but I, I think they're definitely moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm, definitely. So Ben, let's start with classes. Let's, let's start with barbarian. Oh my gosh. They're, there's some really neat things that are going on with Barbarian. Now, have you ever played a Barbarian? I have indeed. Okay. I had I have my uh my dimension hopping uh Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh Melnon, my dimension hopping Minotaur Barbarian. Yep, the, he's the fun, guy you he's play a fun for your one shots. Yeah, he's a fun boy. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, one of the best things about a Barbarian is got to be rage. It's kind of like the biggest key to their class is what they do. But something that has been kind of an issue, which I completely agree with, is that rage rules are kind of limiting in the fact that you either have to make an attack or you have to be attacked in order for it to continue on to the next round. This is a very big difference here. And now rage can last up to 10 minutes or so. Um, and the way that you do that is that for your bonus action, you just choose to continue to rage. If you know, you don't do the attack or you don't get attacked or whatever, you can just keep it going. And because rage is so, you know, integral to a barbarian and, and kind of how they work, I think this is absolutely fantastic. The idea of having, uh, cause when I played a barbarian, I was only level one. I got, I think one, maybe two rages or something at, at level one. And you know, we, the, in the game that I was in, there were multiple combat encounters and I ended up unconscious every single time because I couldn't rage to, you know, cut that damage in half. So being able to maintain that and, and kind of keep it going is great. And the fact that you can hold it for 10 minutes means that if you jump into another combat encounter, it just keeps on going. And th- this is one of the, the, most awesome biggest changes coming to them that I absolutely love. Second is that berserker barbarians, uh, when they go frenzied, they no longer take a point of exhaustion once the combat's over, which, you know, you and I have talked about like exhaustion rules and everything and the changes that are going on with that. I think that is a much better way of, of, of having it go instead of just, okay, you get the extra attack. Instead, they're getting more damage out there on the first hit as opposed to, okay, you get a third attack with your, you know, your, your frenzied attack or, or whatever it, it is. And I'm, I'm a big fan of that change too. I mean, they're really kind of pushing some of this in, in the right direction because of that. 
Um, it, again, there's there's a, a few more changes in here. I didn't get too deep into it. Um, was there anything else that you saw that was like a, a really big standout to you? Um, well, barbarians, uh, as we were just talking about, are one of the classes that will benefit from weapon masteries. Mm-hmm. Not quite as much as the fighter, but True. now at the at the first level, you will get a weapon mastery, which allows you to use the weapon mastery property of two kinds of simple or martial melee weapons of your choice, such as great axes, hand axes. And then whenever you finish a long rest, you can practice weapon drills and change those kind of melee weapons if you want. So again, that's, that's something it, it encourages you to differentiate a mm-hmm. little bit or bring uh, a different weapon in. If you know what you're going up against or potentially even swap weapons in combat, mm-hmm. uh, which is which could be a very a very viable uh, you know much more viable thing now because of weapon mastery. So I think I think that's super cool. But yeah, not a not a ton of changes. I do like the rage change though, especially at lower levels when you have fewer rages. If you just miss getting hit <laughs> or or hitting, um, <laughs> right now it's just well there goes one of my rages. Yeah, I got one left. Uh, so yeah, no, I think that's I think that's a a good change that will allow to extend up to ten minutes, and uh, I believe they're making rage more interesting as far as being able to use it to increase your uh like your your abilities while you're raging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they talked about a couple different things. I don't remember specifically, but I mean, I know that um, advantage on like strength is, is one of those things. Um, gosh, like I, possibly making rage worth doing outside of combat. Yeah. Not making it just a, ah, but more just a I am powerful and I'm using this power to, you know, be use my strength to be better type type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, gosh, I'm looking through it right now. Uh, yeah, I, I don't see anything specific on here. I, I know on the video they talked about more more things. Uh, I just don't remember exactly what. But I mean, using it out of combat was really kind of more of a thing, especially since you do get to you know, get it to last 10 minutes. So you have the advantage on your strength checks, saving throws, things like that. Um, so, you know, if you're trying to, say, open a door and everybody's having a hard time with it, you can rage and just bust on through. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's I, I extra extra utility. So, yeah, I, I think uh, Barbarian. Pretty cool. Uh, definitely, definitely moving in the right direction mm-hmm. for sure. Yes. Uh, next up is the fighter. Um, so the fighter uh, has gotten a few big changes. One, of course, being the weapon mastery stuff. Uh, <clears throat> they are all about the weapon mastery. Uh, they Their weapon mastery gives them three different kinds just right off the bat. And then they get more as they level up and that is increased much more than the barbarians is because mm-hmm. the barbarian caps out at like four different weapon masteries. Um, the fighter caps out at five and gets more features to allow you to play around with them or swap them or that type of thing. Um, another big thing is second wind. 
no longer is this just a single use thing. Uh, but this actually, they actually are allowing you to use the feature twice and you get all of it back when you finish a long rest. And that will scale as well. Uh, for the first three levels, it's two, two uses. And then it goes up to three until level nine. And then level 10, you get four uses for long rest. So it makes second wind much more viable. And it scales a lot better as far as being able to use it more often. Uh, so that's, uh, that is a very good thing in my opinion. Um, they did nerf action surge a little bit, mostly for multi-classing. In fact, in fact, they, this whole, in this whole document, multi-classing has kind of been nerfed a yeah. little bit just because of the way things have been swapped around. Uh, all the, Pretty much every subclass comes at level three now for for every class. Mm -hmm. And so that will certainly hurt multi-classing in, in some respects. Uh, cleric, uh, wizard, um, any of those ones that got got a warlock, any of those ones that got their stuff super, a lot of their stuff super early on for, for subclass. Um, so that is, is something uh, that's kind of interesting. I, I kind of, I get it though. Like, give people two levels to kind of figure out their play style, what they want to do, what kind of thing they want to be. And then at level three, you pick the thing. And I'm totally okay with that. As long as levels one and two are supplemented by other cool things that are class based yeah. mechanics so that you're just not lacking for things to do. That's the biggest, I don't want to, I don't want to see, you know, people lacking for things to do, but right now action surge is basically um, the new one is on your turn. You can take one additional action chosen from the following action options, attack dash disengage or dodge. Basically it limits it's limiting spell casting. Essentially it, using your action search to, to spell cast. So it has to be an actual attack action mm -hmm. now. Yep. Um, so uh, some people will be happier uh, <laughs> than others on that one. I'm a little ambivalent, uh, but I have never been a huge like multi-classer. Honestly, uh, I, I've take I, I've done it a little bit here and there, but for the most part, I've played fairly um, straight into the class characters. Uh, so that action surge and second wind are two two fairly fairly big ones. Um, and then of course all the weapon adept stuff. Yep. The one thing, the one thing I really want to see, <clears throat> uh, they have the champion subclass and the champion subclass still seems kind of meh. Yeah. And the champion subclass has always been kind of meh. I just, I wish I don't, and I don't know how necessarily to fix it, <clears throat> but I, I feel like it needs to be more interesting. Like, I know it's supposed to probably be like fighter is your easy class and champion is your really easy subclass type thing. But I feel like there just needs to be more flavor, more mechanics, more to it. Um, one other thing that I'm definitely going to leave as feedback, I really would like the like maneuvers, some level of maneuvers and um, 
superiority dice to be built into the base class. Yeah, I thought they actually were <clears throat> for quite a while. And then as I was kind of going through looking at things, I'm like, oh, it's only a certain subclass. It's that, a battle master. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. And like, I would like to see battle master. I believe it's battle master. Um, if I'm wrong, someone can yell at me on the internet. Uh, I'll but double check while you're talking. I would love, I would love to see some sort of base superiority dice and maneuvers built into the fighter class or the fighter class as a core mechanic and then have battle master just increase that multiply it make it make it even cooler because that that'll be their class but it's just such a great extra thing and battle master just feels so good and feels so fighter there's a reason people love that class because there's a ton of extra things you can do and weapon mastery is kind of helps a little with that. <clears throat> but I feel like, I feel like that those superiority dice and those other things you can do and having some base level version of that built into the fighter, even from level one would be pretty awesome. Yeah, it is definitely battle master by the way. Yeah. So that, that would be my, I think that would be my biggest feedback. Yeah. Um, one thing that I thought was really kind of cool though, again, I haven't really done a fighter, much less a champion fighter, um, survivor level 14. Uh, now you actually get advantage on death saving throws, which you didn't before, which I think is really funny for the fact that it's, you know, an ability called survivor. It doesn't really give you much. Cannot die. (laughs) But even better though, is if you roll an 18 through a 20 on a death save, you get the benefit of rolling a 20. So, I mean, that, that's something that's kind of cool. I mean, it's a neat little addition, but like overall, I don't know if I'm ever going to do the subclass, but yeah. Anyways, we'll see. Fun stuff. Yeah. I think overall fighter, great direction, great direction there. I think there's some stuff that could still be improved, but I think, Overall, they, it's a it's a very good direction, and I'm I'm very happy to see that. Yeah, and with, um, with that me- uh, weapon mastery system too, that's I think that just adds another great. layer. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Yeah. Uh, next up is the sorcerer, uh, and I'm actually super excited about this one. There's a lot of really I think pretty cool changes yeah. um, that they're coming in. Uh, the first the first of which being um, is Meta magic stuff, font of magic. Uh, there's uh, like this arcane eruption, arcane apothesis. Uh, there's uh, there's there's some pretty cool stuff. So starts off basically uh, level one. You always have sorcerer's burst and chaos bolt prepared. Mm-hmm. And sorcerer's burst is like a new, a brand new sorcerer only spell. Um. I'm trying to pull it up because Sorceress Burst. Here we go. It's a cantrip, and it basically, it's 120-foot range. You cast Sorcerer's Energy at one creature or object. You make an attack, range attack roll. On a hit, they take 1d6 damage, and if you roll a 6 on your d6, uh, you can roll another d6 and add that extra damage. Nice. And then whenever you cast the spell, the maximum number of D6s, you can add the spell's damage is equal to your spellcasting ability modifier. That's pretty great. So if you keep, I get if you it's it's basically a burst 
a dice burst. If you keep keep rolling sixes, you're just gonna keep keep adding the damage on. So it's kind of a cool little like I guess uh, try your luck <laughs> type type game. Um, or you can make good use of your weighted sixes. <laughs> no, never play with weighted dice. That's unfair. That's cheating. Yeah, that's cheating. But totally for this, get some weighted dice. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if this, you're the sorcerer in my group, forget you heard that. <laughs> uh, they've also switched everything over to uh, preparing. So I believe every class prepares mm-hmm. spells now. Yes. Um, Big rather than learns them or whatever. Uh, so that's that's definitely a, a change to uh, consider there. And in most cases, it's probably better because it gives you more options and gives you more ability to uh, react to things. Not necessarily on the fly because most of them are long rest, but still day by day, it, it does make it a little more interesting and gives you that flexibility. Because I know there's some classes that are just like, oh man, the cleric just gets to freaking have access to his whole thing and he can always have something for that and here i am just agonizing over the next choice of my one spell to add to my four other spells yeah it's like i've got good offense i need a little defense and uh oh we're going up against undead well doesn't matter yep everything i have is necrotic i I don't know what kind of sorcerer would do that but it's yeah. 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 No, it's, it's true. Uh, you've, you got your sorcery points. Those are just, uh, the normal things, uh, that you get, you get them back after a long rest. Um, you have your meta magic now at level two. Yeah. And so meta magic is being brought in as a base baseline. Yes. This is which really is, cool, which is super cool. Um, so, you gain three now. Now it's at level two and you gain three meta magic options of your choice. And then you will and then um, you can only use one at a time when you cast a spell. But whenever you finish a long rest, you can replace one of them. That's so cool. That so, is really cool. Ton more flexibility, ton more flexibility and being able to use your sorcery points uh, earlier with cool stuff. I'm, I'm a big fan. Like, I I think that's, I think that's really cool. And I think that's a, that's a great, great way to do Mm -hmm. things. Definitely. Uh, One interesting thing is they, they, I feel like they've turned and I don't know how I feel about this necessarily, but they've turned a lot of like class features into spells. Like, Fifth level, Sorcerer's Vitality. You can use your innate magic to heal yourself. You always have the Sorcerer's Vitality spell prepared instead of just having the effect of it. So that's kind of interesting. Same with level seven. You can now unleash Arcane Eruption. You can now unleash energies that royal inside you. You always have the Arcane Eruption spell prepared. So instead of actually having a specific... Like, here's what this is. It's just like, this is a spell. So it's kind of interesting. It is interesting. I don't know how I feel about it. And the thing is, is 
it, it puts more strategy into kind of what you're doing in the choices that you're making too, because if it is actually a spell, then you're going to be using a spell slot for it. So you kind of yeah. have to decide, you know, is it more important for me to hold on to the spell slot for an upcoming enemy? Should I use it for, you know, this attack or defense or whatever versus uh, maybe I should, you know, heal myself right now or something. You know, it's, it's one of those things where I find it interesting just because, you know, you have that little extra added bit, but I can see where, you know, when you're going with action economy, it takes it out of like it just being an action and putting it into your spell economy as well. But I, with, with all the changes of the spells, I mean, the fact that you can, you know, completely redo them every day, maybe that's, you know, a better option than putting it in as an action. Maybe. I I would almost prefer them as as I uh, I like them as features based on proficiency bonus. I always yeah. I always thought that was a really good system for doing class features. And so turning like a lot of the caster classes stuff into spells versus an actual here's a a chunk of text. Here's the the cool thing you can do, and you can mm-hmm. do this X amount of times a day. Like you said, I don't I, I I'm I'm honestly not sure how I feel like I, I kind of want it to be separate from the spell economy because that's just an extra thing to add in to have to, to have to worry about or it, it that is going to compete against other spells that you you want to cast. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I I'm a little ambivalent, but I, I'm leaning towards. I would rather rather than be actual features. I'm just going to say I'm open-minded to it for right now until I kind of see how it goes. And also we don't fully know how combat's going to go yet again, because we don't have like a monster manual. So we don't see kind of the revamp to the monsters and how they're going to work. We don't have a DMG yet that, you know, might actually kind of redefine some of the, 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 the action economy in a battle. Um, so, you know, it, I, I'm, I've got an open mind on it. We'll see how it goes. Um, it, it makes sense that it's, it's kind of a spell if you're a sorcerer, because I mean, you are innately magic. Uh, if if it cannot use a spell slot, that's even better. Like define it as a spell, but don't make it use a slot. I mean, it, it's essentially the same thing as just an action at that point. So I guess that really wouldn't matter. But I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. No. I'm like I said. I'm I'm interested to see see what the feedback is. This hasn't been out that long, so. It'll be interesting to, to see what people's thoughts are. Um, a few of the other other things, um, they've changed a few of the meta magic options. Uh, Twin Spell finally got a nerf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it was uh, incredibly powerful. Um, Quicken Spell uh, also got a change, in part because of it. So now it's when you cast a spell that has a casting time of an action, you can spend two sorcery points. And change the casting time to a bonus action. You can't modify a spell in this way if you've already cast a spell at first level or higher on your current turn, nor can you cast a spell at first level or higher on this turn after modifying the spell in this way. Um, so that basically it basically makes it so you can't do it the double, yeah, the double cast, um, which I think was what they considered overpower. And the same with twin spell. So instead of having basically double its effect when you cast a spell of first through fifth level that you also cast on the previous turn by expending a spell slot you can instead of expending a spell slot just expend that amount of sorcery points to cast the spell again so that's the yeah new that definitely twin. nerfs it quite a bit 
It's a huge nerf. Yeah. Huge nerf. I would almost, I almost wish that you got some sort of a, 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 technically, I guess you are getting a discount in casting it based on sorcery points to spell slot recovery conversion. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it is a huge nerf. So we'll see. We'll see what people uh, think about that. Yeah. And quickened that really turns it into, Hey, you know, this rule that we have about spell casting, uh, we're going to really force you into it now. Like that was one of the neat things about a sorcerer is that they're able to kind of do that if they had the sorcery points for it. And again, I am, I am, I'm a proponent of honestly them changing that spell casting system to where you can cast a leveled spell. Even if, even if you had to exclude some of the the little side things like meta magic and whatnot, Mm -hmm. but I would, I would love to see them actually change it and go, if you cast a leveled spell as an action, you can also cast a leveled spell as a bonus action. Cause there are so few bonus spells that are actions. And that they are bonus could actions. make more. And most of those bonus action spells are not damagey spells. Mm-hmm. They're utility spells. So I've, especially since I'm still expending the resources, I feel like you, I should be able to throw a fireball and then expeditious retreat or throw a fireball and then um, misty step. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, like it, it, it feels really really bad in a lot of ways to go, okay, I'm just going to have to throw a frost bolt or some little cantrip because I misty stepped. Yeah, exactly. It's like pop. Whereas like, yeah. Whereas you could, it opens up so much, so many more strategic options. If I can use a spell and then use a bonus action spell. And and again, most of them are not damagey type stuff anyways. And even if they are, most of them aren't big damage. mm -hmm. And so then you could open up a whole design space with that to have a ton more cool bonus action spells. The only thing that I could see as a problem is a, a cure wounds and healing word, just throwing both of those out there to really buff up, you know, someone's health, but But one of them, you have to be in melee. Yeah. But I mean, the, the thing is overall, it's like, I'm still at the point of, you know, Hey, my, my players, you can do, you can do it. You can do a, a spell and or an action and a bonus action. If that's what it says that the casting time is, that's what you get to do. And yeah. I mean, we and haven't had a ton of combat. The yet. Yeah. We haven't had a ton of combat yet. If it turns out that it becomes like way overpowered, then maybe we'll look at it again. But like I said, the only one that I can see being a problem would be that, you know, cure wounds, healing word. But then again, at the same time, if, someone's hurt that much that they need to expel those two like higher level spell slots in order to heal someone. That means that as a DM, I'm doing something right so that they're expending their entire turn in those, those actions to give that health back. That means that person's very panicked. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you're doing kind of the right thing there. And it, it balances in that sense. I think, I mean, if someone just got, you know, Oh, I pricked my finger. Oh, let me hear wounds and heal word you. It's like, no, yeah, not, not a smart way to play. And I'm sure there, there might be some, some weird broken combos that you could do. Oh, I'm sure there are There's so many, but at, at the same time, it's like, they, like you said, there's not that many bonus action spells. There's really not. And mm-hmm. if you exclude that rule from weirdness, like meta magic or whatever, if it can turn a, a bonus action, uh, an action into a bonus action one uh, yeah, there's 
it, it seems like there'd be a lot more design space and a lot more cool things players can do. And I'm yeah. all about more cool things players can do. Exactly. It's a lot more. Fun Just my two cents. We'll probably throw it in the in the survey. And uh, <laughs> just, just, just because I was curious, I'm on D&D Beyond right now. And uh, for the uh, bonus action casting time, there are uh, two pages and then two more spells. That are just bonus action. It's not much. No, yeah, not much. Like, so I don't I don't see why that rule is really there just for the the amount of stuff. And I feel like. You open that up and you open yourself up to being able to create a whole lot more really cool bonus action spots. Yeah, and they're mostly lower level too. And yeah, they're mostly lower level. They're mostly utility. Yeah, I don't get like, it. Like, I really don't get it. Shield of Faith, Magic Weapon, uh, Hex, you know, Hunter's Mark. It's like, yeah, these, these Shillelagh. I mean, yeah. the, these are Misty things that it's like, the idea is, is that you're, you're essentially kind of buffing your you know, your, your weapon or your, your next attack or something. Um, okay. Draconic transformation, maybe a little different, but again, you're turning into a dragon on a bonus action to do other stuff. So you're not going to be casting another spell when you're, when you're a dragon. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. It's an overall, it feels like, it it feels like antiquated design. Mm -hmm. Like it was brought over from a previous, and I don't know if this is true or not, but it, cause I'm, I'm just five E guy but it feels like it was a holdover some weird holdover from a previous edition and it doesn't really need to be there from a balanced perspective fizzman's platinum shield there you go that's six level but again it's a defense thing it's and it's still expending a sixth level spell slot (laughs) exactly it's like yeah i I don't see i don't see a reason for this anyways you're just a let people do cooler stuff yeah faster pretty much Oh, yes, I could. I could. Uh, <laughs> ah, we're done arguing around. about that. Yeah, we agree with it, so, okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, OK, so now uh, let's move to probably the most controversial class in this UA, the Warlock. This now, has been this. This was a, a there's some cool stuff, but uh, some fairly huge changes as well. Yes. Now, the, the biggest thing is, is that. Some people look at this and saying you're completely destroying and changing the warlock class. Yeah, they're completely changing it. And one of the biggest reasons that they said is that warlocks are basically, um, you know, they're based around short rests. That's kind of the entire point of the class. And there aren't a lot of people doing short rests in fifth edition from what they're kind of seeing. So, basically you know warlocks have the other short rest class like monks uh bards they get their you know um they get but they all have more they all have more resources of their Mm -hmm. short rest stuff than warlocks do exactly this is the like the pack magic stuff is what what ben's talking about specifically it's just like you have two warlock spell slots and eventually you'll have maybe four (laughs) warlock spell slots like level 20 or something yeah and so it's 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 very it's very rough because it's a very short rest based class where you're going you're either hoarding your stuff and never spending your spells mm-hmm. or you're blowing them at every opportunity and then going okay party we need a short rest okay party we need a short rest and it and as someone who has played a warlock before several times um it's it's very uh it can be very disruptive 
mm-hmm. sometimes. And when a lot of the party goes, we don't need a short rest. We don't want a short rest or, or potentially just for the poor warlock player, I can't get a short rest and there's zero way today that I'm going to be able to short rest. So I either just blew all my stuff or I'm saving it for the perfect opportunity that then may never come. Yeah. And, and I'll feel like I didn't do anything. That's one of the things. It's that saying. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where they have it. They never use it because they don't know when the right time to use their spell is. And I mean, this is something that's, uh, you know, we've come across a lot when we've been playing plus five to hit, we have a warlock in our group and, you know, if we're in something that really seems super dangerous, he's going to cast his spells. And then if it turns out that we're rolling really well and we're out of the, you know, the fight in the next round or two, it's like they're he's basically got, okay, well, I got Eldritch Blast for till, you know, I sleep, you know, you don't get the, that, that sort of, of, of thought and everything in it. Now, because of this, one of the biggest changes is, is that they're giving warlocks spell slots. They're just, they're, they're moving get, them to half casters. Yes. They're, they're turning them from, you know, just that kind of like kind of caster, I guess, into a half caster. So they're, they're getting magic at like kind of half the speed, which means that while they're not going to get ninth level spell slots, you know, two or four of them, they are going to have up to fifth level spell slots, but they're going to have a total of um, like 15 spells re- prepared by level 20. So, you know, you start off with two by level 10, they've got nine spells available to them with um, let's see at level 10 with uh, what do you know? Nine spell slots ranging from one to three. So you don't get that, you know, like super powerful one time or two time cast, but you have a lot of options here. Yeah, exactly. And And then you have to use your Eldritch invocations now to get those higher level spells. Mm hmm. Exactly. So you do have kind of, you know, control over what you want to do and kind of are able to flavor it that way. But it's, it's really an entirely different kind of way of looking at the warlock. And some people absolutely hate it because it changes the, the thing that they know. Um, personally, I'm all for it because I never wanted to play a warlock before seeing this as a possibility because I didn't want to be stuck with just Eldritch Blast over and over again. You know, it's like I I prefer being able to juggle things around, do different things. Heck, it's one of the reasons why I'm playing a bard, because I can inspire someone as well as heal, as well as, you know, crowd control, as well as attack. You know, I've got a bunch of different options for me, whereas warlocks didn't really ever seem all that much fun. Yeah, it's. It's hard. It's hard because like I, I get I get the appeal of the pack magic. Like I have a warlock in one of my campaigns right now. Um, and it's when he can cast stuff, it's really cool because he can he's got those higher levels, you know, seventh or eighth mm-hmm. le- or whatever level spells, and he can cast some cool stuff. But then of course it's super limited after that, and then he wants to short rest, which Again, I don't blame him because that's how he gets his stuff back. (laughs) Yeah. But at the same time, the party may not always want to do it, or the party might not be in a place to do it, or the scenario that they are in might not allow for it anytime soon, potentially even for the whole day. Mm -hmm. And and so there's got to be some balance there uh, to where – the warlock player isn't always having to go. Can we short rest guys? Can we short rest guys? 
Um, and we and we don't want to do do have the balance be off either to where you after every single little thing you do, you take a short rest for an hour. Yeah. And get them back. And then the warlock is also recovering their spell slots five, six times a day. And all of a sudden there's like, oh, I can cast seventh and eighth level spells super often because there's some really good seventh and eighth level spells that if you can cast them constantly uh, could become a problem. <laughs> as well too so there's got to be some balance somewhere between allowing for that feel but also not not cheating the warlock and the warlock player out of out of the cool stuff yeah and i and i i personally feel like there's got to be a better way than just constantly making the warlock player want to short rest. Yeah. I don't know if turning them into a half caster is that answer. Um, I certainly think, I certainly think that if they do stick with the half caster route, I don't necessarily like having to use Eldritch invocations to get those higher level spell slots. But they I do feel get like an there extra should be a different Eldritch, way to do it. They get an extra Eldritch invocation though. Like overall, so it could be used for that. They do, but remember, we're talking about these things at very high levels. Oh, I know. Which a lot of campaigns don't get to as well. So, I mean, I, I feel like the, I feel like I want an in between. I don't know what that in between looks like <laughs> necessarily. Like, I, I, I would really have to think this over. And, and analyze this to to really go okay i think it should be this instead but i feel like there's there there's some middle ground between that half caster making because i feel like a lot of people from what i've been reading in the last few days are going this you know this makes it so the warlock uh, feels way more generic or it doesn't feel like a warlock anymore or it takes away this unique mechanic of the of what packed magic is supposed to be and mm -hmm. and i agree i i agree it is it is making it very similar to some of the other paladin ranger half caster type classes it is um but i don't think we should i, I think there's a better way as well than to just leave them as uh begging their party for short rests constantly so that they can actually use the cool stuff that they have. Yeah. Uh, and I will say Eldritch uh, invocations starting at level five, it's every other level. So they're getting them quite frequently. So again, you don't get them, you know, all unless you're, you get up to 17th level, but again, you do get access to a lot more stuff that kind of, you know, screams more packedy and everything. So I'm, I don't know, like I said, I've never played one. So I, I don't have the end all be all of Ben's idea on this, but I am so much more prone to playing a, a warlock now, especially since, something uh or, or two things that i think are really cool is that first of all um all warlocks get uh medium armor now which i think is really cool because if you're like packed to the blade it's good to have some sort of armor to defend yourself 100%. especially if you're right in there um, i think that that plays into that play style yeah so much more. so much so because um in in my party i have a bard who is a uh um college of blades 
And, you know, she's always in that melee. And if she didn't have higher armor, which we learned the hard way, you need to upgrade your armor quite a bit because she was, you know, going down almost, you know, every third fight or something just because she's jumping into melee and stuff. Um, Warlocks are kind of squishy, too. So having that extra armor is really good. Um, but the other thing that I think is actually really cool, and I love the idea of this, is that you get your, your packed boon at level one now. But the cool thing is that you don't actually get your subclass until level three. So the thing that they were talking about in the video is the idea that, you know, you, you look around and you're looking for power and that's where your first level pack boon comes from. And your third level might be from an entirely different creature who's kind of watching you use that power and becoming more like, like other eyes are on you. So you can kind of really role play this out as do something like, you know, bigger and badder, just coming in, offering you a, you know, a contract of some sort or whatever, and then like really running with that when you're role-playing. And I think that itself yeah. is amazing. I think, I think in the explanation video where they kind of went over everything and we'll have that linked in the mm -hmm. show notes too. It's like, they were calling it like babies, babies first packed <laughs> <Yeah>. type thing <laughs> where, where that pack, that initial level one pack may or may not be with the same patron that you ultimately end up serving mm -hmm. or or using power from so yeah i thought that was pretty cool um one other super cool thing is that uh they can be intelligence wisdom or charisma now yes instead of being locked into one of them yeah which i think is super awesome yeah it, it really kind of works a lot well a lot well a, a lot better too is if you think about you know like what kind of of creature your pact would be with you know, if it's like some sort of Cthulhu thing, you probably want intelligence in there. Um, whereas if it's like some sort of faith thing, charisma would be a much better spellcaster. You know, it, it, the idea of being able to kind of jump around to different things so that it fits more and more with what your pact is going for, like just totally makes sense. And I love that about it. I think that that is absolutely a great change to all of this. Um, on top of it too, like we kind of mentioned before, um, you are able to change your prepared spells for the day. Like we said, every single caster seems to be able to do that now. And I think this works incredibly well with the changes to the spell slots. Cause again, you never know what you're going to run into, but if you only have hex and Hadar's grasping tentacles or whatever it's called, um, this gives you a chance to kind of prep more per day so that you can, you know, again, be a little bit more versatile and, work better with your group. Yeah. Yeah, no, there, there's some good stuff in here. There is. There's is definitely some good stuff in here. I know the the packed magic will be a sticking point for um for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I have played some warlocks before. I have not played any long term. Um so uh I will I would probably lean more towards players who have played warlocks for a, a long, long period of time for how they, they feel about that. But like I said, I feel like there's, there's gotta be some, some middle ground in there somewhere, mm -hmm. but I, I understand what they're trying to do. And yeah. I think that is, uh, that is an issue that needs to be fixed in some way. Yeah. But moving on. One more yeah. class. I know this Moving is on. this is a a much longer episode, but again, they dropped so much information, so much stuff. So uh, we're at the wizards. 
Yes, the final class that we talk about today. Uh, so wizards are one of the one of the classes that has gotten probably the, the fewest tweaks um, because they're honestly, and I think they said this in the video too, they're in a really good spot. Mm-hmm. Very solid. Um, they're very, very solid, very happy with uh, the wizard subclass. One of the biggest things, uh, of course, being uh, your subclass is at three. Yes. Now, not two. Very big um, difference. You get a bunch of, uh, you still get your spellbook stuff at level one. Um, you get uh, a few new things, uh, academic uh, at level two, arcane recovery at level two, um, and then your wizard subclass at level three now. Uh, but one of the biggest things um, that I noticed going through the wizard was there, it's three new three new pieces that are core to their class. Uh, The modify spell, uh, the create spell, and it was uh, maybe just modify and create. I think it, it might, it might just be modify and create. Okay. Because um, modify, so modify is a brand new spell that uh, is is fourth level spell that basically has a casting time of one minute. And using arcane formulas in your spellbook, you can magically alter one arcane spell that you have prepared. Uh, you can change the spell's color, sound, and smell, and make one of the following modifications. So they are building in. Before we go over this, they're basically Scribe building spell. in. Sorry, scribe, scribe spell. Scribe spell. Yes, sorry. Uh, which which level was that? Uh, I'm looking. <laughs> this we're having to do this on the fly. There's yeah. just so much, so much freaking. It's got to be early on because I, I don't think it's actually listed on here, but um, it 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 plays along with um, create spell. So yeah. basically, it's yeah. So, anyways, sorry to interrupt you on that. I just. I, I saw it in the description there, but I can't find it anywhere else. So, yeah, no. So, so basically what they're doing, what they're doing with this, um, with the modify spell, uh, which I believe I was a uh, seven level seven. Um, what they're basically doing is they're building into the wizard ways to quote unquote, create your own spells. In, in a little, somewhat limited fashion, uh, but also uh, in a very cool way. So basically what Modify Spell does is you can change the, you know, the color, sound, and smell, but you can also make a modification where you remove one of the spell's components, verbal, somatic, or material. Um, you can't remove the material component of a spell that consumes the component, which makes sense. Yeah. You can remove concentration. Uh, you can change the damage type. You can change the range. You can make it a ritual if it's over 10 minutes and not a 10 minutes or more, not a ritual, or you can uh, affect the way the target. So the spell affects one or more creatures and doesn't have a range of self. It now only affects and uh, now affects only your allies or enemies. Um, the chosen alteration lasts until you cast modify spell again, or until you finish a long rest. This altered version of the spell can't be added to a spell book or a spell scroll unless you cast create spell mm-hmm. which is the second new piece of this cool little uh spell creation game 
And this create spell, I believe you get at level nine. Uh, and it's a fifth level spell that is a reaction in response to your to your to you casting modify spell. So it's a reaction to yourself. Um, <laughs> and uh, what this does, and, and this is a spell that consumes a thousand gold per level of the spell altered by modify spell. So this ain't cheap. It ain't cheap to make a new spell. Whenever you're going to make a spell that you, you, you know, you add your name to or something like that. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, it ain't cheap. Uh, this is, this is fantasy capitalism folks. Um, you have to concentrate for an hour, but then synthesizing your arcane knowledge and power to you strive to create a new spell. And to succeed, you must concentrate for the hour, meditate on the spell you just altered with modify spell. Uh, and if you succeed, you must start casting scribe spell within the next 10 minutes, which basically lets you put a spell down into your spell book. Uh, and, and then you can permanently add the altered spell to your spell book. And it becomes one of your known spells. It gains the wizard source tag rather than the arcane tag. And it gains your name of choice. Yep. So, you know, if I wanted to create um, Falwin's Friendly Fireball, which would be, you know, a fireball that doesn't actually affect your friends, uh, that's going to cost me 3,000 gold because it's a level three spell. So, But you could make it blue, make it sound like, I don't know, the the uh, singing angel choirs and make it smell like honey. And -hmm. then it will blow up in um, in the midst of everyone, but only harm your enemies. Yeah. This is is really cool. This is kind of cool. Only held back by the very exorbitant price. Yes. But if you're a player in my campaign, money is almost no object because I like to reward them. So you're usually usually by the the mid to higher levels. uh, Money money becomes less less of a (laughs) of a thing. Um, And I can understand why they need to be expensive so Mm -hmm. that you can't just be like making buffed up versions of every spell (laughs) of every (laughs) spell uh, to throw in your spell book. But it is a very cool mechanic. Yeah, I really I, like it as a mechanic. I like it. Um, and the only again, it's a spell. I don't want it to be a spell. I want it to be a class feature so that it can be modified by other things if you want it to be or if they want to add extra stuff to it. Well, the see- subclasses or via something else, right? <laughs> Ryan, let me tell you about a spell called Create Spell. So you can modify Create Spell with Create Spell. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I, I think this is another one of those things where it could be a cool class feature and not necessarily have to be a spell so that if they wanted to down the road make a subclass, that is like spell crafter or spell mm-hmm. shaper could then modify or add extra things that to cool. that. Whereas if it's a spell, it's set in stone and they can't modify that or at least not as easily unless they print a full like revision to the spell. 
I and mean, so that's that's why I I advocate I feel like for more class feature type stuff rather than spells because then you can modify features much easier than you can modify spells. Yeah. No, I'm No, I'm with you with this. I actually agree. I think that you're right. I'm going to look at it as in-world viewpoint which is definitely not the way to ever really design stuff half the time. But I'm looking at like, you know, um, Big B's hand or something like that instead of just magic hand. You know, it's like if you go through the, the, the time and you're actually casting a spell to create something new and scribe it into your, your book as a magical thing, it makes sense that it's a spell. It just, it kind of does. However, I think spellcraft should be a feature. And I think that because you're magical, it's yeah. it's even if it's a spell, it's something that you as a wizard or any wizard necessarily can do. And then maybe there's a subclass of a wizard who's really good at it. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, too, is that when you are doing this, you are casting three spells in a row in order to actually get this to work because you have to do your create spell. You have to concentrate for an hour and meditate on it uh, on your modified spell, uh, which in order to cast, you, I assume you need to cast modify spell first, then create spell, modify, then create, then scribe, and then scribe, which is a level one spell, by the way, which you get right away, which I found. And I feel really silly for not finding it earlier. But anyways, so, I mean, it's a three spell thing in order to get this to go. Why not make it a feature with just two spells? I, I don't know. But I mean, at the same time, it's like you're not going to be doing this in combat or anything. So. I mean, sure, use a fifth level spell slot at that point, as opposed to just I'm level nine now. I can create my own magic. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I I feel like they're leaning too heavily on making caster stuff spells, like cast class specific spells. I don't know. I mean, they're making a lot of other martial stuff like abilities. Maybe they're just really trying to differentiate it more in that sense by just classifying it differently. I don't yeah, know. It's, I, but it's kind of like right? I said, I feel like I feel like you're limiting your design space. Yeah. When you do that, because then you can't modify it as as easily. Well, um, then you just create a new spell. I'm yeah, saying like, you, yeah, wizards would just, you know, the, here's a new spell. It's a different version of this or something. I don't know. But then it gets confusing. Whereas if I'm just like, this makes this feature better. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to the people who have uh, tiny hut and Liaman's tiny hut in their spell list when they prep. For yeah. The day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there's no reason to have both of those. They're the exact same thing. One is just named after somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's kind of the and that's they turned basically writing a spell into your spell book from the gold cost and the components and stuff to a spell to do it. Yeah, you're you're magically writing in it, which is, uh, you know, different. So I don't I don't understand. Like, I don't think I don't see why scribe spell needs to exist. I don't see why modify spell needs to exist. I don't see why create spell needs to exist as spells. I think I, they should be features that's just something you do it's it's the same like you just wrote in your book before and you paid the gold cost in paper or, yeah you in know, paper and it, like 
the the, the Caleb thing yeah. from Critical you know, Role. Just, I, I will say, I need more paper and ink. Yes, um, I will say though, I'm actually okay with modify spell being a spell because, like, you're altering the fabric of the actual magics itself. Like, I'm okay with that. I think that works. Um, and, and being able to just kind of hold one spell in limbo like that, I'm I'm cool with it. Um, but yeah, like writing it down and putting it in your book and everything, it it should be a feature. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Other than other than modify has all the cool stuff yeah that you can do to the spell and that's that's where i would disagree that it still needs to be a feature especially if you wanted to add more cool stuff that you could do with it with a another a higher level thing in a subclass or in the base class or anything like that i don't know i mean it's it's it's, I, i just feel like it's design space yeah no and i see where you're coming i think that fits for a spell though because if if you turn it into a feature, then I mean, I guess it's kind of turning it or what am I saying? No, that, that, that's kind of like an artificer when they're making their stuff. Yeah, that's uh, that's what a wizard is. They're just an artificer. That's yeah. Magic. But magic-y thing. the artificer is able to do three. Uh, I forget what they're called, like infusions per day or Infusion. something like that, like yeah. that. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess, you know, have one modify spell per day or something like that i guess yeah, or you could but, you could still have features that use spell slots well then why wouldn't they just be a spell so that you could modify the feature with i know but if it's just using a spell slot i mean it's, it's kind of the same <laughs> like thing i was it's, saying if you're wanting to use the it, it's it's more and i love that we've gone off on this tangent it's more <laughs> like i said it's more just like um keeping your design space open rather than mm-hmm. limiting it to a spell even if you still wanted to use your spell slot resources, it would yeah. still, it still opens you up. Yeah. But I get where you're coming from, from the fantasy perspective of it's a yeah. spell and, modifying other spells. And that's where sometimes the design of the game and the playing of the game, they, they, they don't exactly mesh. And, you know, we've come across these things every now and then when we, you know, when we've talked about, uh, you know, all the various topics that we've kind of come gone over where, you know, uh, we, we've always talked about, you know, trying to actually really create the mood, get everybody kind of into the mind space of everything that's going on. And, you know, when you're trying to RP out like, oh, man, I'm really hurt. You know, and someone's like, oh, well, on a scale of one to 43, knowing how many hit points you have, it's like, whereabouts are you? You know, like it's just I'm feeling 20 right now. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know, sometimes you know, the, the actual mechanics of the game break through and they, they kind of break the story. Sometimes the story and and play break the mechanics. So it's, this is just one of those instances where like I can see either way of them working in any way. And like overall, what I want to happen is that it's just a fun experience that we can expand upon later. And however they're able to do that, I'm fine with. Agreed. Yes. That we can surely agree on. Yes. I want to uh, just have fun. And that is that's what right. we agree <laughs> That's right. Uh, that's it. That's not it. There's so much There's more in there. A lot new definitions but, for things. and, and But and, you got, But if you want to check it out and deep dive into all of them, you're going to have to go download that doc and check it out yourself because we are out of time uh but hopefully this gave uh gave you a good overview of all the new stuff uh, as long with some of our our thoughts and feelings and um potential uh wants 
uh, for the the different pieces. So the huge one, um, it's still I, I've still got a lot to go through, a lot to digest before the survey comes out. And like I said, God, I hope that survey is broken up because yes. otherwise it is going to be an whew, hour and a it, half. It's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard to give feedback. So I uh, hope, hope they took that into consideration. All right. We are going to move on uh, and wrap up this episode. First off, though, we wanted to shout out um, Misplaced Monsters Volume 1. This is yeah. recently released on D&D Beyond. It is uh, a collection of six different monsters that were designed in partnership with Extra Life, which is a fundraising program for the Children's Miracle Network Hospitals that helps children receive crucial medical care. So super, super cool initiative. Um, uh, designers helping bring um, some kids' visions to life. Uh, it is like $5.36 on mm-hmm. D&D Beyond right now. And all proceeds, the entire bit, all proceeds go to directly to the Seattle Children's Hospital and Seattle Children's Autism Center to support their mission to care for children and young adults of all backgrounds, regardless of their family's ability to pay. Mm-hmm. So uh, very cool thing. Uh, fun little six stat block piece and all of that money that you paid for it is going to go to charity, which is yeah. awesome. So we will have the link to that in the show notes. If you want to check that out and grab it and support that. And the really awesome thing about it is, is that you have the kids original design and then a, a, a wizard's artist rendition of it as well. And it's just amazing seeing them kind of, you know, side by side and uh, just, you know, the creativity that these kids came up with. I'm, I'm super happy that this is a thing. Super cool. Super cool. So definitely, like I said, we'll have the link to that in the show notes. Definitely go check that out. Uh, if you would like to support, um, that charity. And with that, uh, that will bring us about to the end of the episode. Uh, though, Ben, yes, uh, I know I personally have not gotten to play D and D since the last time we recorded, I have a session coming up here in like two days. Um, on Friday, it's going to be a big downtime session mm-hmm. for one of my campaigns after that, that big end of arc. Oh yeah. Uh, so there'll be a lot, lot to go through through that. But uh, have you played since last we talked? Why, yes, I have. I, I actually oh. get to say that again, as opposed to no, we didn't play. But um, yeah, it was pretty great. So as we talked about previously, they went through Mechanus and you know uh, <laughs> installed a, a new god essentially to the the plane, which was pretty great. Um, and uh, then went to through a portal to Iscard uh, with our barbarian hearing a very familiar voice, uh, the voice of her grandmother. Now upon reaching Isgard, turns out wasn't actually her grandmother. Um, it, it, it was a God, a God who had, you know, kind of chosen the, the bard to be her champion. It's a homebrew God that I created. Um, just kind of based off of the, the bard's backstory, um, where she was a Goliath, uh, was, you know, kind of, the, the runt of the litter and everything and was, you know, eventually kicked out. Um, and as she kind of like wandered around and, you know, grew all bardy and, and, and everything, um, kind of saw, you know, others in downtrodden positions and would help out where she could. Um, you know, when she makes money, she gives money to like orphanages and, you know, is 
very good character in that sense, you know, kind of taking care of the people around her um, since she didn't. So this God that I created was um, uh, Edona, the, the, the uh, patron of the forgotten or something like that. And so the idea is that um, she's on a quest now to get a set of armor called the mother's embrace. And so they're in Isgard trying to track down someone who had originally stole this armor. And because they, they were an orphan, they felt unloved. They felt like they weren't worth anything. They wanted to prove themselves in, in the ever long battle. So they went there, find this kid. Turns out uh, one of his first days there, he was killed in the, the battle and the armor was taken from him by, you know, some giants. So it's been hundreds of years since that happened. And he's, you know, kind of grown better. He's become like this great tactician. He's, you know, very selfless and helping and, and everything and uh, kind of gave them the information of, OK, well, uh, you know, here's where all the battles take place in this place called the Plains of Heroism. You know, every other day there's a, just a gigantic battle there between, you know, a couple different factions and, and it's constantly happening. And anytime you die, you'll just be res the next day, you know, when when the sun comes up. Then everybody kind of, you know, puts themselves back together, goes home, rests for a day, eats up feasts, you know, think total like Valhalla kind of thing. And then next day they go into battle again, just, you know, for the honor, for the glory. And like everybody there is pretty happy about doing it. You know, they're they're kind of cool. You know, it's like, hey, this is what we do. It's like, you know, playing, I don't know, paintball with your friends every other day or something. Um, so anyways, so they find out kind of what happened. And oh, one thing, too, is that's. I kind of added this in there because it didn't, you know, I wanted things to actually, you know, be dangerous there. So I decided that if my players died there, but they're resed by the sun the next day, then they would be basically stuck there forever, you know, on that plane. So we still have stakes going on. It's not just like, let's go run in and, and get killed by 20 guys. Ha ha we, you know, cause I, I want consequences. Now, that, but. that sticks them in a bad, bad spot. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, so they found the, the information on um, like these three different portals that they can take to uh, get to the giant stronghold where they need to kind of go in, infiltrate and, you know, find this vault where the armor is probably being kept. So the my whole idea was that, you know, the battle the next day, they would kind of fight their way towards these portals but they came up with a better idea, which was, hey, let's go camp out behind the portal right now. And then the next day when all the giants come pouring out of there, we'll just go right on in. And then, you know, when the, the stronghold is kind of, you know, uh, not as full, we'll go in, find out what we can, get what we can get, get out of there. So I'm like, great. So they completely bypassed the battle. So I'm like, good, smart thinking. Um but then when they got to the mountain pass where everything was, they started hearing kind of this trembling earth, you know, something was, was burrowing underneath. Something was going to come and get them. So they were still about maybe, I don't know, a hundred feet away from these portals. And so if they continued walking and, you know, kept stepping on the ground, something could potentially bust through and attack them. Here's the thing. When they did their, their, you know, trip to the Feywild, they all ended up with some pixie dust in their pockets when they came back out. So they each used pixie dust and flew to uh, where they needed to go next. So I'm like, great. 
<laughs> and then uh, they did the, uh, you know, the, the tiny hut camped giants came out. Then they uh, went back in uh, back through the portal and are standing in front of one of the, the doorways into the giant stronghold. And that's where we left off. So they completely bypassed two combats, which I'm like, great. They were smart with what they did. They actually looked in their bags, so they actually saw what they had, which is a lot of fun. And then um, next session in uh, a, a week from Saturday, they're going to be storming the castle. So I'm actually really excited about this. I've got some stuff planned for in there. I mean, obviously not every giant has left, um, but now that I have extra time, I can add extra stuff to the castle. So I'm really looking forward to this. It's going to be pretty great. That sounds super cool. Yeah. Oh, and they did hear that uh, the the lead um, uh, giant uh, uh, Osiris or Osius or something. I forgot what I named him. Something like that. Um, he's working on some sort of weapon. That that's all they heard. It was, it was kind of just you know tossed in there just, a couple times. Just some sort of weapon. Yeah, some sort of weapon. Don't know. But anyways, they have three three entrances to choose from. One of them seemingly was, you know, locked and the hard way to get in, which they they decided not to go that way. So they went to the the, the far west entrance and uh, that's where they're going in. Very cool. I'm looking forward to it. I'll, I'll share with you offline kind of what's going on in there. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's awesome. I'm looking forward to hearing more. Oh, yeah. As it happens. But with that. Uh, that is going to be the end of this extra special long episode, just like the extra special long Unearthed Arcana that yeah. we got earlier. Uh, so, of course, before we go, Ben, why don't you tell everybody where we can be reached? Exactly. Um, if you're looking to reach out and want to tell us about, you know, how I am insanely wrong about these warlock changes and how Ryan is right, uh, you can always send us an email. Send those to deandiscussions at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, uh, even if I'm very wrong or or if I'm very right. Who knows? Um, I mean, I might be very wrong, too. Yeah, who knows? Or, or, or if you want to tell us about spells versus features, you know, let's hear what you have to say, too. <laughs> I feel like I should write an article now. <laughs> who knows? Oh, you gosh. know what? You might get a new side gig at Wizards. There you go. <laughs> um, so that being said, uh, if there's something, you know, short form that you want to talk to us about, you can find us on Twitter. Um, you can find the show at DN Discussions. Uh, Ryan himself is at TBK Zord. I am at Ben Bumhofer, and we'd love to hear from you there as well. Uh, also, you know what? If you don't follow us on Twitter, make sure you do because you can find out when new episodes are up and out. And we also try to find the most appropriate GIF for every posting. It's one of the fun things that, that uh, Ryan is amazing at, and I'm just kind of okay at. Um, with that being said, though, since this is episode 89, of course, there are 88 other episodes out there. If you want to listen to those, you can find all of those on dndiscussions.com or your podcast player of choice, because believe it or not, we're there as well. Uh, and with that said, another podcast that I highly recommend is Plus Five to Hit. That is our actual play game. We're going through Rhyme of the Frostmaiden and having a lot of fun with it, too. Um, I'm actually really looking forward to our next session because we've got some fun stuff going on. So definitely check out plus five to hit uh but until then and until next time everybody thank you very much for listening uh that is my cat playing with something on a desk sorry about the noise and ryan it is always a pleasure talking to you even if we don't agree about features versus spells <laughs> it wouldn't be it wouldn't be fun if we agreed about yeah that. i know we agree about a lot where's, of stuff because we just have a lot of fun where's the dn discussions in that yeah very true very true 
Uh, so until next time, everybody, thank you again very much and be good to each other. Thanks. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>